This is the Fade You podcast for Tuesday, October 20th. My name is Matthew James, joined as always by my trusty companions. Guys, we just can't find 5-0. and oh, It's there. We just can't find it. Kmart, how you doing this evening? I'm a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking Dallas. We knew, we knew better, but it just... It just seemed too good to be true, and it was. We we were uh, we were like Abu and Aladdin, just staring at that ruby, and just just grabbed it, and then got trapped in a fucking just cave of Chris's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Chris Duke is here. Chris, you idiot! How are you doing after uh, our day of watching football <laughs> yesterday? Oh, man, I slept. Like I told you when I left, Matt, I slept like a baby. I had a few dreams of uh, Dan hammering something. I woke up in the middle of the night going, oh, we faded you again, you idiot. And uh, it was all good. But today, he had a whatever day. Even when he has an okay day, it's still not fresh. It's phenomenal. But we had a great day. Uh, Phenomenal day for Fade You and Fade Den this whole weekend. We're just giving the listeners and the followers on Fade You just just winners, man. We're just consistent. Like this, we're not going to lead you astray. We're not going to go wild. We're not going to make you have really, really, really bad weekends or weeks. We're just going to, we're just going to plug away for you, you know. Absolutely, Dennis. Uh, just had a, another terrible NFL Sunday yesterday. He gets a, a little bit. I mean, he barely, barely won tonight. What a brutal beat on that Cardinals. Team total second half under Chris. Crazy, you thought that maybe the guy would go down, but I know a lot of uh, fantasy owners were happy. I have a couple of buddies that have Drake and <laughs> might have put them over the over the hump for the win. But yeah, you know, and that that happens. And it looked looked under the team total for the Bills that he did. I mean, the Chiefs that he did second half stayed under. So, but uh, yeah, just a great week. I'm glad our post we were. Very, very, very close to four and one with the damn Texans, and almost five and zero. Oh, but I'm glad Fagey just gave another seven and three the last two weeks. Can't be mad with seventy percent with the, our picks. Kmart, I hate to say it, but our two losses, I I would probably bet Houston again. I mean, they were they were just like you like to say a cunt hair away from winning that game outright a two-point conversion away from a nine-point lead for them to not only lose the game, but then to lose the cover in overtime is kind of disgusting. I, I'd bet that again. And then Dallas, I, I don't really know that that was a bad bet. That just every break went Arizona's way in the first half with the turnovers, and what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean uh... – I don't want to sit here and second guess Cronell's call in the Houston game, but yeah, I mean, a two point conversion, as you can see, it's not, even though it's from the two yard line, it's not very high percentage. So, I mean, I just have the feeling go, go up eight yeah, and make them have to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunate. I mean, that was super close in the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, they are who we thought they were. Oh God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just I mean, very uncharacteristic of Zeke. With I think he even I think I know he had two fumbles, but I think he coughed up three. 
only lost two, something crazy like that. Two picks from Dalton. Um, I mean, tip your hat to the Cardinals. I mean, they, they were making plays where Dallas wasn't. And, you know, when two teams are kind of injured and, you know, looking for a big game, that's obviously going to be the difference. Um, just kind of taking away any edge that Dallas, we, we thought they had. Chris, it's a it's a tough game to recap in terms of how you adjust each team going forward. Because on one hand, yeah, Dallas is bad with the giveaways. I mean, this is shout out to our, our guy, Mike Lombardi here. So Lombardi charts turnovers a little different. He counts uh, missed field goals as a turnover. He counts a, uh, a fourth down miss as a, as a turnover, which you probably should. So you add all those up between turnovers and missed field goals and missed fourth down conversions Dallas Cowboys are worse than the NFL. They're minus 18 on the season. So they're bad. They're really injured. Their quarterback is hurt. They're bad. Their defense is horrific. I texted you earlier. They, they couldn't stop you and I out there. And <laughs> But on the other hand, Arizona is up 21-3 at halftime. All 21 points are off turnovers. So how do you, how do you look back at this game? Because on one hand, here's where we learn the public is going to look at this and see 38-10 and be like, oh, my God, Dallas is god-awful. I have to keep fading them every week, and Arizona is just awesome now. So where would you caution people when they're just looking at the score? Yeah, like we say, we're not going to, you know, uh, think that Dak's going to – or, I mean, uh, Elliot's going to keep doing that every week with those fumbles. And, I mean, Dalton played a pretty – decent game uh i know he had that pick but i think even the announcers and everyone was saying that that pick was very very uh likely to have illegal touching or a pi so i mean without that but Dalton, don't wow i mean i can't believe he threw 54 times i mean obviously they were down the whole game so he's throwing but he had a decent game and you're not gonna have you know elliot turn the turnovers like that but the the cowboys d played Pretty. I mean, if they're not on the field as much with those short fields, they yeah. Everyone expected you know this game to fly over the total, which it didn't, and and the Cowboys did to suck, and they played decent. So yeah, um, you know we're in a tough spot though next week. Like you and I talked about Matt with Cowboys going to Washington. Um, just depends. I don't know if everyone's gonna think it's a bounce back. I mean, just everyone's always on the Cowboys, and then uh, Arizona's hosting Seattle next week. So. We'll see what these lines go and what where the public's mind's at. Okay, Mar, anything else we can learn from week six? Uh, from week six, uh, probably probably not. Um, I mean, per- I feel like we had a pretty good read on, read on games. Uh, got through the rough part of the season, you know, just trying to feel things out, why they kind of went through their preseason, if you will. Um, so we're finally starting to see the identity kind of to Chris's point, your point, we can't really, you know, look at Dallas and think they're God awful. Um, I mean, Dalton's still a legitimate backup that will get them some wins. Are they going to win eight games? Shit, probably not. Um, but you know, they, they should be more competitive. I mean, we saw that offense come back against Atlanta after something similar to 21 to three bunch of points off turnovers. So, I mean, even at halftime, I didn't think they were out. Um, 
you know, because Arizona, they're they're a good team, but nothing nothing great. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still pretty happy about our Niners beating the Rams. One of our better calls for sure, Chris. I mean, we we talked about when we were considering them as a contest play. Just that that is the classic overreaction, right? Like the Niners lose two in a row as over touchdown favorites. Every single Dennis in the world was betting on the Rams last night, completely jump ship on the Niners. And you saw what happened. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, I had a few guys text me and uh, I was like, why'd you guys have a rough week? And they're like, I got killed on the Packers and I got killed on the Rams. And it's like, of course you did. You guys got bought into the hype, you know, Bucks suck after that Bears loss and Niners suck after that Dolphins loss and they 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 bit the bait and uh, everyone's going to do that with the Cowboys. I mean, even Lombardi, I was shocked uh, listening to him on VSIN earlier this year. He was thinking he loved the Cowboys over. He thought they were just going to be so good this year. He loved their team total over and they're going to be the first place in, in the East. So, I mean, you can't, with this rough start, you can't always just overreact to the rough starts. I'm sure they'll rattle off some wins eventually and even I had a buddy text me, the Cowboys are the worst in the league. And we're just like, bro, I mean, it's probably the Jets. Like, let's not like everyone just sees what they see right now on Monday Night Football and they overreact. And it's like, that's just what people do in the NFL. And that's why we make money because people do that and they fade those teams the next week or they ride the teams that are hot the next week. And uh, that's where we capitalize on the overreaction. Absolutely. And, uh, Kmart, with just to look ahead to the Niners real quick, that game at New England next week becomes very interesting because when is the last time you saw the Patriots drop two in a row ATS? I mean, yeah, I mean, very interesting. Both both teams, uh, kind of similar to what I said with the Niners last week. Um, you know, kind of do or die situation, but even more so for New England this week. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick's going to have them ready, but I mean, to me, it feels like it could be a trap, but I'm kind of leaning on possibly taking the Niners again. I liked what I saw. I know Mostert's going to be out. Uh, he's probably going to be headed to the IR, unfortunately. So that that's going to, that's going to, you know, that might be a stay away. But I love what I see from Debo moving forward. Looks like his foot is healed up. Um, you know, I was worried, you know, might have, you know, another fracture or he just might not be 100% all season, but he looks just as good, if not better than he was uh, towards the end of the season last year with IU coming along and obviously Kittle. I think they can have enough to uh, to get through New England if, uh, you know, they have clear skies. Only, only stay away from me on that game uh, without Mustard would be if it's going to be like snowing or raining, sleet, something just chaotic like that, then I'd just run away from it. Maybe like the rain that they had in Buffalo earlier. That was that was not looking real great weather-wise. Right. Yeah, that was uh I think sloppy. If, I think if we knew any of that was uh, was going to be happening when we put that in Saturday morning, I we might have stayed away from that game. But worked out Chris, what do you think about this New England? You know, they lose at home outright as a huge favorite. 
I mean, really, we are scum for not taking the Broncos and even taking a shot on the money line. I think the Patriots, they said, had two in-person practices in the last two weeks. It's not like this team is has really gelled with Cam. They've got a lot of guys opt out on defense, got a lot of guys banged up on offense, uh, got a lot of young receivers that aren't super familiar with what's going on there. Should have been all over the Broncos in that, but when you look ahead of this game next week, the Pats were five and a half on the look ahead. And I don't think this spread is going to be over three. Is that too much of an overreaction? Do you see a, a Niners square dog scenario here? Tiny bit. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, you know, and this is obviously just one website. And, uh, and it's look, early. It's very early. And I'm looking at one website. I'm looking at covers because, uh, a couple of my Yahoo sites aren't showing all the spreads. So I want to see it. Um, a couple of the spreads for next week. I'm seeing Patriots minus two and a half. I don't know if you guys are seeing that too. I'm sure it's right around a field goal, but I'm seeing 60% on Niners right now. So yeah, I'm, I could see that being, you know, Niners just destroyed the Rams. They're looking tough. Patriots suck. They just got killed by the chiefs. They got killed, you know, by, the Broncos and uh, it might be a buy low spot for sure. It could be, and but I it's agree. Same. yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, I was gonna say, I agree. I mean, that was my hesitation at the beginning, but when you look at this from a true matchup perspective, with the Niners secondary being healthy, they could very well have Sherman back as well. I don't even think they need him. Uh, Jason Barrett's looking like everything everyone knew he was when he can stay on the goddamn field. God, yeah, um, you know, kill Harry. Just doesn't run routes very well. And he's uh, slow. Kind of knack on him. He just – he is just so slow coming in and out of breaks. He saw that on the fourth down play. He gave up on the route, didn't run it properly. Um, he's just – he's not a, he's not an NFL receiver yet, which pains me to say out loud. Kyle, he looks like Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. Slow-footed, yeah. big, but just clumsy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he got away with it at ASU, and um, clearly Ayuk was uh, was the class coming out of out of that. But um, you know, matchup wise, I, I definitely, I mean, I think the wrong team's favored in this game. Yeah, Chris, I see what you're saying with the Niners maybe being a getting some public love, but I if that went to three, I think the Sharps would hammer that at three. I, I think Niners two and a half is probably going to be where that settles. Yeah. I can see that. All right. We're going to look more ahead at week seven. We got to talk about week seven NFL. We got to talk about your guys' early college likes for the weekend. We got to talk about your Dodgers being in the World Series. We'll get to all that after the break. All right. Let's start with, uh, let's start with baseball. We'll pivot real quick before we look ahead to football. Congrats, boys. I hate to see it. I just I can't get the dislike for the Dodgers out of my soul. I just can't do it. But congrats to you. I should I should learn to live with the fact that you guys are going to win a World Series someday. And uh, Kmart, maybe just maybe it's finally going to happen for you. Man, I hope so. I the the thought of it brings tears into my freaking eyes. <laughs> but after three years ago, I'm I'm kind of just tempering my expectations here. I love Kershaw getting the start tomorrow. Um, 
if I didn't have futures on the Dodgers, I'd probably be putting a hefty uh, wager on that. But I'm just going to let my futures roll because I have great odds and I don't need to be laying <laughs> minus 180 to try to win some money. So, you know, I'm going to enjoy this World Series. I think Dodgers are going to win it in six. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say this part, that Tampa Bay has the edge because they have their rotation more in line than than the Dodgers do. But let's be honest, Dodgers have the offense. Dodgers can bomb it. They can manufacture Tampa Bay. They're kind of adequate at offense, just very dominant pitching staff. Uh, they've had timely hits all season, and I'm hoping that that runs short. Chris, how would you approach betting this series? You got the Dodgers as obviously a, a huge favorite. I think when you and I talked last night, I, I said the Dodgers might be around minus 180 for the series. They're actually more around like minus 200. Uh, and then in game one, you have them minus 175. So total is looking pretty low, seven and a half. How would how as that fade you, how do we want to approach betting this World Series? I'd be careful. I've, I've heard a lot of uh, – a couple sharps already say that they see the value on the Rays getting plus 175 in the series. And uh, I can't disagree with that. And, um, you know, I see value in that too. But, uh, you know, it's going to be tight. I know both teams have pretty good pitching. you got to give the edge uh, to the Dodgers on the bat side. Um, they just can get hot at any given time and hit homers at any given time, and they're great with two outs. So even if the Rays get them in a situation with two outs and a couple on, they might poke a, a double and score some runs. But uh, I'm going to – yeah, it's tough to lay that much with Kershaw, especially we all know, uh, you know, playoff Kershaw. So I'm going to be weary on game one and see if they can do what they did against the Braves. Maybe they get down a game or two again and, and make a nice comeback. Obviously, we found value. We said that on – on the pod earlier we were telling people to be you know look out for the Dodgers with that plus money when they were down to the Braves and they did come back for them so uh, that's how I'm going to look at it action looks pretty split on game one I don't really see a, a much of a public lean either side uh, you know who uh, the advantage I will give the Dodgers to is in the dumbass department because every time I see Kenley Jansen warm up in the bullpen you know, the part of me that hates the Dodgers feels a little warm and fuzzy. And then, uh, Kyle, how about your boy Cody Bellinger popping out his shoulder celebrating a home run? What an idiot. It's totally something it looks like I would do, just being ecstatic, hitting a home <laughs> run, and just fucking chest pumping, throwing shit around. Definitely. I mean, I love it. Uh, seems like he's done it before, so I'm not expecting any uh, – any lingering uh, effects. I mean, he was waving his arms on that game winning catch. And if there was going to be anything significant, uh, I think, uh, I think it would have happened there. Jeez. So yeah, I, uh, I want to add one more thing though with Kershaw, um, you know, three years ago in game one against Houston, he, uh, he shut down the door. Uh, he pitched brilliantly in game one. It was like a Chris Taylor leadoff home run. It was one nothing Dodgers for a very long time, and I think they won like two to one or something. Uh, Kershaw barely getting the win, but he pitches well in the playoffs. It when the series is tied or from a lead, but where that ERA and he starts getting losses are in an e- even series, or when he's pitching from behind, that's when it's really just skyrocketed. 
So, you know, that's why I love his start in game one. And I, I'm hoping to see him uh, pitch again in game six for that clinching spot. I want to see him, uh, you know, get rid of some of this uh, naysay on his, on his name and win the damn championship. Well, I, I doubt we'll have a play on game one of this series. I think the seven and a half is pretty low. I'd lean under to, to see. Chris, do you have anything on game, like World Series game ones where it's really just an interleague series? The the hitters haven't seen these pitchers a whole lot playing in opposite. I mean, the Rays and the Dodgers would never play against each other. Anything in, in game ones, these going under, kind of taking some time to settle in? Yeah, or even, I mean, uh, you know, first five under might be nice, yeah. you know, and uh, and just let it be a lot of these games start out early 1-1 or something like that or 2-1 under the first five, and then they, you know, they kind of get to the relievers in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Yeah, Kmart, that might not be a bad idea because, like you've talked about a lot, Kershaw really doesn't have a lot of trouble until he gets later in the game and that – that sixth inning when he sees guys for the third time. Yeah, that's usually when he gets hit. I mean, I'm 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 hoping they watch him if he goes past the fifth inning. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris might be on something there. I'll let uh I'll let him sniff that one out. I'm pretty much staying away from from trying to pick sides in this because I'm too emotionally invested. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get back to NFL. Uh, we talked about the Niners-Patriots game a little bit. That's going to be a really interesting one to keep our eye on. Chris, you are loving the Monday night side. We have the they-are-who-we-thought-they-were trash Jacksonville Jaguars against Duck Cock. Justin Herbert off a bye. And how many points are those shitty, smelly, Minshew Jaguars getting over a touchdown right now, right? Yeah, seven and a half. All right, Chris, Oscar the Grouch in your trash. Make the case for those nasty, gross, disgusting, can't cover Jaguars. I mean, I mean, it's already gotten hit. I mean, I don't know how on earth there could be seventy. I'm seeing seventy something percent on the Chargers right now. I think they're just saying how trash they looked against the Lions, you know, and uh, how trash they looked against Houston Texans. And, uh, I mean, they're just complete trash, I guess. They haven't played a a really good game uh, since they played the Tennessee Titans really tough. So, we know they can play a good team tough. And uh, we always say that one team we do not want to lay points with, especially over a touchdown, is with the Chargers. I don't know where on earth the the one in four Chargers and half over a one in five team, but I sure as hell won't be doing it. Kmart, these Jaguars have lost five straight after upsetting the Colts in week one. After starting the season 2-0 and ATS, they have non-covered in four straight. Is this a time where, you know, they can put it together in a, in a prime time? Or wait, is this Monday Night Football? Or am I blacked? No, it's the Bears and the Rams. Oh, the Bears. Okay, I don't know why I thought this was a primetime game. I blacked. I thought I misheard you. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why I thought this was um, in a different spot. But anyway, can you bring yourself 
to bet the Jags here, or is this just a team spiraling out of control? Like Chris said, you really don't want to lay eight and a half with the Chargers, but are you are you walking, crawling to the window for Jacksonville? Are you tiptoeing to the window, or is this just a real stay away that you don't want to lay with the Chargers and you really don't want to be betting Jacksonville right now? I mean, I can see the value with Jacksonville. Um, am I going to run to the gates to to play the bet? Probably not. Um, this definitely looks like a, a dookie special here. But, I mean, for crying out loud, Jacksonville just needs to find a way to get chart the ball. He needs to find a way to stay on the damn field. Uh, James Robinson is still putting up decent numbers. Seven and a half definitely seems like too many. Herbert. Does look like a superstar in the making, but he's still a rookie. He's still going to make mistakes. Um, they're there without Eckler. Joshua Kelly doesn't look like he, um, you know, someone who can take on the full load. Justin Jackson is exactly what he is. He's a decent backup, but he's you know not going to do anything special. Um, I'm not sure on the status of Keenan Allen either. I know he exited the last game, so it's. Um, you know, I see the value, but yeah, to your point, I, I'm not really running to to go bet it. If if for some reason I can't find a fifth for the contest, you know, I'll probably you know look back at Jacksonville if you're if we're getting that seven and a half hook. But until that point comes, it's not really on my radar. Of oh, because I mean, I could I could I could argue both. I could argue Jacksonville winning this shit outright. I can argue the uh, San Diego Chargers, you know, winning this thing by double digits. So it's it's just tough. Chris, I know I called him San Diego. Chris, you are the only person in the world who I can think of that might want to touch this one. New York Jets. <laughs> home dog. Division dog. 12 and a half. <laughs> I don't know. Is this the time <laughs> to just say that uh, the Jets are that trash? I mean, everybody's going to deny them. Um, I accept them. Jesus came to earth for the sinners. The Jets are the worst sinners of all. I accept them for who they are. They lose by 10. Give me the 12 and a half or whatever it is right now. Is but this going to be in your, your cold beer entry? <laughs> probably not. I'd have to, I'd have to pull my little Frex arm for this one, but uh division home dog. It's tough. Uh, it's tough to go on the road in any division, but uh, with the Jets team, I mean, that offense just looked like absolute trash against the Dolphins. And uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. I mean, I guess they could lose 20 to 10 and and cover. So we'll see how many points it ends up being. If it, get, if it creeps up towards the, the two touchdown, like 14 or something like that, 14 and a half, maybe it's worth a look. Just you and Mother Teresa, my friend. Just, I think <laughs> it's just the two of you. Not even God can bet the Jets. That's it. The circle, yeah. The, I, I, what did they have this? Like 100 of us took them this time? I'm sure they'll get like 50. Less than, yeah, week. less than 100 for sure. <laughs> All right, Kmar, how does this one sound to you? Now, we backed the Bucks last week because we knew people were going to overreact to them losing on Thursday night to Chicago. Some fluky things happened in that game. They, they had no business losing that. We knew that. We knew Green Bay was probably a little overvalued, so we hammered the Bucks yesterday. Is it time now to fade that overreaction and bet against the Bucks when this look ahead last week 
Bucks at Raiders Sunday night football was a pick'em, and now you've got the Bucks minus three. Yeah, um, I mean, I I'm betting Vegas. Um, you know, a little little above middle of the pack. Loving what I'm seeing out of Ronald Jones. Um, you know, I. I I don't know. Uh, Green Bay, they we have them pinned. They're they made some mistakes unchar- uncharacteristic of themselves. So the final score isn't really indicative of the game. I mean, Brady threw for 170 yards. Rojo ran for over 100 again. Just the stat lines, you know, didn't really look like a score of that kind of blowout of epic proportions and you know I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Vegas they have some receivers that can stretch the field Derek Carr is underrated um you know I think I think that's a good uh, a good pick on primetime Sunday night Chris does it give you any pause you look at the matchups and you know what the Raiders are going to want to do is control the clock with the ground game that good offensive line they're going to want to run Jacobs you see Tampa Bay is third in rush defense DVOA, completely shut down Aaron Jones. I think he had 10 carries for 15 yards or something like that. The spot seems perfect for the Raiders, and it seems perfect to fade the Buccaneers after that massive win against Green Bay and the, the Fox game of the week. Everybody saw it. it seems perfect fade spot for the Bucks. But from a matchup perspective, does it give you pause knowing that the Bucks' strength on defense is stopping the run, and that's what the Raiders want to do on offense. Yeah, it gives me a little pause. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Raiders had a wonderful game, and, and like Kmart said, Carr had a phenomenal day against the, the Chiefs and had a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns, and that's how they won as double-digit dogs, and it's a little scary taking up a huge dog you know, well, I mean, they're, now they're a baby dog, but they were a huge dog and they're coming off a huge blowout, you know, division win. And now they're coming home and uh, people might be high on them off the bye. But, uh, you know, I'll take a look at it. You already saw, I know you, Matt, were all over this. You said that it would move a little bit. I'm seeing already a little bit of a sharp movement towards the Raiders. So um, that might get all the squares all over them. Well, all, all the Bucks have to do is win by three going into – Vegas and win, and so um, I take a hard look at, at the home dog there. Yeah, right now you see you, you got to lay 120 for the Raiders all across the board in Vegas. So I don't know if that's just because of the local team uh, or if that's that line is definitely trending towards two and a half. And wh- what's interesting is that, Chris, I, I bet you the Vegas sports books get a ton of, of Raiders money line action just from the local players. Yeah, they think there's a little value. They see what probably plus one thirty or whatever it is. They say screw the points and yeah, give me the money line. Went out right. Yeah, just one of those kind of regional effects from having a team in Las Vegas. I think they're going to have liability on the Raiders money line, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with the action this week. Uh, Kmart, any other ones that you are looking ahead to Week Seven NFL that kind of tickles your cock a little bit? I mean, everything tickles that. Um, it's just so tiny. But, um, <laughs> you know, digging, um, you know, digging that Niner one for now. Uh, also kind of uh, the Denver Donkeys getting pretty close to 10. 
like in their defense a little bit. Uh, rivalry game, those are always closer than people think as well. Um, also leaning hard on the Cincinnati Bungles because Cleveland is banged up to shit and they're starting to connect a little bit more. Who knows if uh, last week A.J. Green was an outlier or not, so we'll find out. And they don't really need them anyway with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you know, taking over those slots as well. Game I'm kind of interested to watch. I don't know if I can pick a side is Pittsburgh, Tennessee. So that'll be a fun one to kind of keep uh, keep track on. It looks like uh, that line's moved quite a bit to uh, to the Titans already. Chris, that is an interesting one. The Titans covered in overtime yesterday at the expense of us. And uh, I mean, two teams that are five and zero, oh, two teams that I think are a little bit flawed. Now, the interesting thing on this one is this game was supposed to be played in week four, correct? I think so. I think so. And then it was postponed and then rescheduled with all the, the COVID stuff that happened. Now the look ahead back in week four for this one is really interesting. It was Pittsburgh plus three, but you had to lay minus 120 for that. So it's the same matchup, right? All that's happened is that both teams have won both of their games since that postponement. And now the Steelers are favored by one and a half. That is very interesting to me. Very interesting. I'm kind of with Kmart on this one. Uh, I I don't know where I lean yet. Um, I mean, you've got to lean a little bit to the Titans just because, you know, I mean, it seems like, Everyone's going to talk. Yeah, a little bit of Henry, a little bit of – I mean, although, you know, we know Steelers handled the run pretty well. But, uh, I mean, that's just going to be something I feel like everybody's going to find the Steelers being a steal, um, only winning, uh, you know, the game, being a slight, slight favorite on the road there. But I agree. I'm glad it's a – I'm glad we're on the – same page early i hope we can give all the fade you listeners and followers some wins i agree with him i'm leaning if if we can get the hook on the Bengals, i like that um home dog division browns beat up Bengals are going to play tough be pissed they blew that lead against the colts um uh something that else that caught my eye uh i'm seeing all the action on eagles early but that line went down that's just a classic rlm Everyone and their mom saying, oh, my God, the Eagles played so tough in the second half against the the Ravens and the Giants suck. How can they only be getting three and a half? Um, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Obviously, it's tough to play a Thursday night game in the contest, but, you know, Den will be on the Eagles, so we'll be on the, the Giants. Something that really makes me really just my nose just tingle, just like Kmart's cock, is the Houston Texans why on earth are they only getting three and a half after blowing the lead? They couldn't stop a nosebleed against the Titans on Sunday. And now they're only getting a field goal on the hook against the fucking Jesus of football quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. Why is that so easy? Not so fast. I'll take a look at Deshaun Watson and um, his gorgeous piece. And then, uh, you know, like that, that's it. I think, uh, I like that Denver call too. 
I remember Denver was the one to stop. I think KC a few years ago when Mahomes was hot, they were the ones – they were like 7-0 and against the spread. They went into Denver minus 4 or 5, and Denver lost by 3. Always tough to go into mile high, um, you know, at any time, especially September, but now it's October. I can see them playing real tough and uh, losing by 6 or 7 and covering the 9.5. So, love it. There's actually quite a few home dog division dogs. Uh, Arizona is going to be another home division dog. Uh, you guys touched on Cincinnati. You guys touched on Denver. Chris, real quick on that Packers-Texans game. I mean, you already know the narrative all week is going to be Rodgers and the Packers trying to bounce back. I mean, they got embarrassed. Uh, again, like I said, they were one of two games being played. And let's be honest, nobody was watching the Jets and the Dolphins. So, that was the only game on in the afternoon. Everybody saw Green Bay get waxed. And everybody's narrative all this week is going to be Packers bounce back against the Texans. And that's why you see the action the way it is. And so, Chris, you know what to do. Yeah, I mean, this is like – this has to be the stinky special of the weekend because how are you going to take a Packers team that's, like, amazing? We know they've just been killing teams. They killed the Vikings, killed the Falcons – killed the saints killed the lions i mean everybody they played besides last week and the texans are one in five they haven't done shit besides going and win against a bad jacksonville team and now they're just getting a field goal like i mean that's just an automatic lock isn't it not so fast that's why uh, vegas is building buildings and not tearing them down because people think like that shout out den den thinks like that Den, if Den's on the Texans, uh, I will do – we'll have to show a video for the, the Fade We'll have to post a tweet of Chris Duke doing like a, a double chug of uh, tequila and beer because that's not happening. Absolutely not happening. All right, that's a good look ahead for the NFL. This is only – you're only listening to this on Tuesday, so we got a few days to – Watch some of these lines move and see what happens here with some, a lot of, I mean, God, there's a lot of injuries, guys getting banged up. Um, Chris, you mentioned Philly. They had Sanders leave, Ertz leave. They got a backup offensive line. It's just, they're in brutal shape. Kyle, you mentioned the Browns. So some of these teams are super, super banged up. Kmart, let's talk about college. Uh, we get the Big Ten back this weekend. Any college lines that you have uh, your eye on early here that we might want to grab before they move? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cause a fight here, but I'm looking at three three of those apple bomb likes. Um, you know, when you know taking the home team against another ranked team, we got North Carolina State, North Carolina, twenty three versus fourteen. Car- North Carolina still favored by seventeen, and I know you're not supposed to pick and choose, but again, who the fuck is North Carolina? I'm kind of leaning taking NC State um, on this one. When I scroll down a little bit, um, I mean, I did want Alabama when I thought they uh, opened at 17. I never saw it. I saw 20. Now it's 21. I'll probably just let that go and laugh at Tennessee. Uh, another another one of the Apple Bomb is Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State six versus 17, lane three and a half. I'm okay following the trend on that one. And the last one is Michigan and Minnesota. And before I really looked at these rankings, and this is their first, this is their first game. I was leaning at taking Michigan 
but I think I'm going to have to switch for that trend. I'm not sure. I don't think, I don't think Minnesota is allowing fans. I'm not sure what the hell college is doing. I know some have fans, some don't, I don't really know what's going on. So I'll have to look at that. Um, so those are kind of what I'm looking at here uh, so far. Another Another one on a Saturday night is Cincinnati SMU, SMU lane short, um, you know, two minus two and a half. So we got four. Chris, what do you call those? Just home, home faves again, you know, two ranked teams. What, what, what does he call them? I don't know what Josh calls them. I think he just says, uh, that's just the trend. Like you said, yeah, just the home. It's kind of, I think the play is that they're kind of squarey because everyone sees, a ranked team catching points and they just think how, you know, it, they, they find that, you know, appetizing, right. Where they think, Oh, the home team's got to keep it close. Right. And it's just not the case. Right. Yeah. Hey, Mark, how do you approach handicapping big 10 coming back? Cause these, like you said, this is their first game. So like week, t- week one of big 10 play, this is obviously an abnormal time for them to start their season or know how much practice they've had. How do you approach trying to find sides with value here this early when we have not seen any of these teams play yet? I mean, it pretty much comes down to coaching in college. Um, you have to find the coaching matchups. You kind of have to dig a little bit, you know, find out who's been having uh, practices, scrimmages, full contact, because tackling is going to be a huge thing, which is why I put the emphasis on coaching. So, I mean, to kind of go against my point with uh, North Carolina State and North Carolina, that coaching edge, even though they've already played four or five games, you know, it was obviously Mac Brown. But for the Big Ten, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see it back, but, I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough to, to truly handicap them because there's so much turnover in college between year to year. Now they're – shit almost two months late into the season so you know it's it's really for me it's going to be coaching and you know just kind of digging a little bit and seeing who's who's actually been getting their uh, hands dirty Chris you mentioned all the college games on the slate for Saturday and I so I know you've got a couple that you've got circled what do you got Oh man, do I have? I need uh, Matt. Please square up the hazmat suit because this shit is getting disgusting. Uh, one thing that I see, I, I don't know how on earth. I know Kmart's very sharp on uh, Big Ten. I don't know how on planet Earth a ranked Penn State team, number nine in the nation, who hasn't played a game this year is going to lowly Indiana, a, a basketball school, and they're laying six and a half, 73% of the action. I mean, that's just a lock. I'm going to be on Penn State, not give me the Hoosiers right there. That's just disgusting. Give me that team. Um, you got another one that's just absolutely what the F. I don't know how, and I was on this. I'm, I'm, Sorry for the listeners that we gave it to you when it was plus 21. We should have got the hook. It ended up pushing with KU, and I know I said I need to jump off them because this team is really bad. But why is K-State 
who just came off really nice wins recently. Uh, I mean, I think they went to TCU and got a win. Uh, they also, I think they beat Texas Tech. So, yeah, they just beat te- TCU, Texas Tech, and OU. They're coming off a 27-point upset against OU, beating Texas Tech, TCU, and they're only laying 19.5 at home. The total's only 50.5. You want to take teams that are taking that many points with a, a lower total in college. Uh, I'll go back to the stinky well on that one. But there's so many. Um, we're going to we're gonna stay tuned, everybody. I have so many stinkers that I've spotted. Even Miami ranked 13 over a Virginia team that just sucks ass. They're one and three. Just got their ass kicked against Wake. They got back-to-back-to-back losses against Clemson and NC State. They're only catching 11. Why are they only catching 11 down in, in Miami with 87% people on them? I just – there's so many that uh, we're just going to find for you guys that just don't make sense. And, and we're going to hammer them. Keep an eye on the Twitter. That is at fade you sports. That's letter U fade you sports. We're going to create a college thread as these guys decide they want to fire. And we're going to get these bets in for you guys before these lines move. Uh, Cause Chris is right. It did cost us a winner with Kansas. We should have been on it earlier in the week. Um, I mean, sometimes you got to wait and you got to let the action settle, but sometimes you also got to have some resolve and, and hammer that early and get the best number. And that's what we're going to try to do for you guys this week. Anybody got anything else before we call it a night? Mm, no, Auburn is stinky as shit, Kmart. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're probably is about as stinky as uh, the fart I just ripped out. <laughs> Oh, my God. All they got to do is oh, Mississippi just lost to Arkansas. Is that line three? Yep. Oh, my God. Give me the Rebels. We're being Rebels, baby. That's like – I mean, wasn't Auburn laying three on the road at South Carolina just a few days ago? Yep. Huh. Yep. And everybody was on them, including Den, and then they'll keep going back to them, right? Of course. They have to bounce back, right? Right? Have to. Have to. Of course. Fade you. All right. For Kmart, for Chris Duke, uh, that's a wrap for our Tuesday early week show. So we'll be back later in the week, and we'll get more of these. Uh, we'll talk more football, and we'll see if the Dodgers are up in the World Series. Mm-hmm.